Welcome to our invite. My name is Nima. I'm Aaron. And this is our first episode, our premiere episode, and we're joined here by Dr. Kernan, Dr. Bill Kernan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Welcome and glad to be here. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. We, we know how that works, so <laughs> appreciate you being here. Happy so, to be able to be here. So you can just um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, um, maybe what they may not know about you. Uh, well, so I am the currently the executive director of pharmacy for Cleveland Clinic Florida region. Okay. Um, that's a relatively new role. Um, I've been in probably over the last couple months. So before that, I was the director of pharmacy just for our Weston facility. But now mm -hmm. I've incorporated or um, been given the, the honor really to be able to be over um, a total of five hospitals, which accounts wow. for about a thousand wow. beds. It's got also four oncology infusion clinics three retail pharmacies um, with hopefully another one to be able to come. Um, and I'm told that there's going to be more hospitals at some point in time down the oh, road wow. here in Florida as That's well. Good. So um, really honored to be able to lead that many people and that great group of pharmacists, pharmacy technicians. Um, so just really looking forward to be able to um, help promote the profession of pharmacy across a greater landscape. How, how did you, like you said you were a director for just one hospital and now it's yeah. like all of them. How, yes. how did you prepare yourself to go into that position? So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a little bit challenging, but I really just had to um, really give it a lot of thought yeah. to see how I wanted to be able to tackle it. Okay. Um, really what I, I, my goal is to be able to, to, to take all the great things that we do here at Weston, as well as, um, across the entire pharmacy enterprise for Cleveland Clinic, um, integrate that and bring that to the newer hospitals, um, continue to do the great things that they do because these newer hospitals have been functioning for a long time on their own. They've been doing some really great things with their pharmacists. We want to continue those things and we want to build upon it. And then we really want to be able to collaborate and work together so that we can leverage our best practices, our right. skills. Uh, we have some great pharmacists across uh, the Florida region. And so we just want to utilize them to the best we can. We want to get them in front of patients as best we can to take care of patients. So to touch on, um, you know, uh, the great pharmacists that you have, um, you have a good reputation around the state of Florida. Um, so what is uh, Cleveland Clinic doing differently to prepare the pharmacists, get them in front of patients, things like that? Because a lot of different institutions are trying to do that. So uh, there's a whole handful of different things that we're, we're trying to do, but I think the number one thing is to try to leverage and use technology. Okay. We, we, we have to be innovative because we got to be able to take more care of more patients um, who are coming on to um, or who are coming to our hospitals and our clinics. In fact, one of our goals over the next five years is to literally double the number of patients that we're uh, being okay. able to take care of. So we really want to leverage and utilize uh, technology. And that's really in all phases. So whether it's on our inpatient side, we want to utilize technology um, to be able to have safe compounding. We want to be able to have safe, effective delivery of, of medications to patients. But we want to try to use that, that technology so that we can get the pharmacist up in front of patients. Um, utilize, we have a great electronic medical record. We have great um, uh, dispensing technologies with our carousels, with our... Um, uh, picture-taking technology okay. that we use, um, and all of these things really help get the pharmacist out of the pharmacy, get them up closer to the patients so that they are um, can impact the patient care and so that they can be counseling patients, they can be helping to tackle medication access-related issues. We have a specialty pharmacy 
Okay. That's actually up in Ohio, okay. but they service our patients here in Florida. Wow. It's real simple. Our physicians can simply send the prescriptions to um, our specialty pharmacy. And then because they live in our electronic medical mm-hmm. record, they live in Epic, mm-hmm. they can manage the entire patient. They can help improve patient access-related issues. They can communicate to the physician. They do the prior authorizations. Oh, wow. They help take care of any access-related issues for these very high dollar. And again, we couldn't do it without the technology to be able to do that. Um we also, on the outpatient pharmacy setting as well there, it, we're trying to increase our bedside delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we want our patients to be able to go home with their medications. We know that some patients, when they leave the hospitals, aren't going to get exactly. their meds filled. So these high-risk patients, um, we really try to target them. We have a great dashboard in our electronic medical record that allows us to, to tackle who are our high-risk patients, our CHF okay. patients, our pneumonia okay. patients, our COPD patients, the patients that are at high risk for coming back. We can identify them better. We can counsel them. We can make sure they leave with their medications. Um, all as do as much as we can here while they're here in the hospital to help better their, their care on the outside. And then we now have pharmacists in our ambulatory clinics where we can transfer them and so that again those high-risk patients yes they see the physicians but they also see the pharmacists on the outside uh-huh. um so you brought up innovation how cleveland clinic is all about innovation so you guys had the, the 2019 medical innovation summit um in cleveland i believe it was talk a little about the goals behind the summit so um cleveland clinic uh, is a global healthcare uh, entity. Um, in fact, we have, so we have a hospital in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. Next year, we're going to be opening up a hospital in London. Wow. We have a <laughs> clinic in Toronto, and we're going to have a clinic um, in China at some time over the wow. next s- several years. Okay. So we're really becoming a global um, company, yeah. healthcare entity. So the the Innovation Summit brought over um, 100 experts from, I believe, um, 20 different companies. Um, I'm sorry, 100 different companies, over 500 experts, 100 different companies from over 20 different countries across the world to really be able to um, identify and be able to showcase the various different technologies. I think technology is critical to being able to tackle some of the different healthcare issues that we have today. Like so, the, Like this podcast. Like exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Good technology here. Yeah, because one of the main things we're, we're, you know, we're trying to do with this podcast is reach a lot of people. Um, for example, there's a lot of people that don't know what's going on, for example, at Cleveland Clinic. And we want to just make sure that they're able to see like the great things you're doing and things like that. So technology definitely is a mainstay in uh, our culture, our population. Instagram, any social media is important. So we would, you know, we're glad you're on board with that. We we embrace it fully in our pharmacy, um, in our outpatient pharmacies, our specialty pharmacies. We embrace and and really have the top of the line technology at, at our specialty pharmacy up in Ohio. We have a special compliance packager okay. that we use as well for our high risk patients um, so that they can get all of their morning meds together, all of their noon meds together, all of their evening meds together. They also then sync up every month. They call the patient Mm -hmm. and they reconcile that patient's medications for them because maybe there were some new meds that were added. So that way when they send out their new 
pack for that next month, it's also synced up with them. And that mm. that med reconciliation with the pharmacist and the patient really helps to reduce errors. And then now because of the compliance packaging, we're increasing compliance. So that's, oh, wow. and they've got this packer that will actually, um, this, this compliance packaging machine that will actually do this for them. So they can still fill very quickly and, and um, you know, utilizing that technology to get that prescription done, Got but it. then the pharmacist can use that time to be able to go over those medications with the patients. So we really do utilize technology, and we're always looking see for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In our IV rooms, again, we've got the, 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 the latest and greatest um, of the um, video technology as well, um, using barcode scan med technology okay. to be able to make sure that the technicians and the pharmacists are utilizing the right medications to compound. Yeah. Um, so we want to make sure that um, obviously safety is paramount and number of one. Course, for sure. So a lot of people in pharmacy are scared of like technology taking over their jobs. How, what are your roles in like, you know, keeping those jobs in place and also going forward with technology? Because you can't go away from technology as as you already know. Yeah, I, I think there it's it's challenging to look out the next 20 years, but I think the the uh, I think a couple things. One is healthcare is facing some really tough challenges. So we we have to be able to improve quality. Of course. We have to improve access, but we have to take costs out of the system. So yeah. we cannot continue to do the things that we traditionally um, have been doing. So um, I think for pharmacy, what that means is is we really have to change um, how we do things. And I think pharmacists have to get out of the business necessarily of simply dispensing prescriptions. Yeah. And they have to look to how can we improve patient care? How can we improve health and wellness of patients? Pharmacists have to, we have to start um, identifying, testing out new models of care where pharmacists are regularly in front of patients. Um, the technology and the big tech, I think, will handle the dispensing of medications, yeah. whether it's, you know, we have new dispensing machines where, you know, they can take the top 100 drugs and you can go in and you can, you know, input your prescription into the yeah. machine and you get your prescription out. So yeah. it's, it's probably a matter of time before we have that. Um, you know, whether it's Amazon, who knows who's mm -hmm. going to be delivering, you know, your prescription, you might be able to just send it to them. And then Amazon is going to bring <laughs> and, and at your door is your prescription is going to be a drone flying in. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to look. But I think these companies are going to figure out the aspect of simply getting the medications into a bottle labeled <laughs> properly and sent yeah. to you. Pharmacists, I think, have to figure out how do we leverage our skills. And we have amazing skills yeah, exactly. to improve health and wellness, to improve compliance, to improve disease awareness, to improve disease literacy, to be able to take care of ourselves, which will then improve outcomes, keep patients out of the ERs, keep them out of hospitals, keep them out of doctor's visits. That's where pharmacists can can leverage our unique abilities, and we're great at being able to do that. Yeah. We just have to. We're still in this this, Box. Uh, yeah. Of <laughs> you know, we get paid based on how many prescriptions we exactly. fill. Exactly. So, yeah. but I think it's a matter of time before we can get out of that. But we've got to continue to push that. That's why things like collaborative practice mm -hmm. provider yeah. status are really important yeah. for us to be able to obtain, so that we can continue to push that envelope.
I think one of the big things we just need to do as pharmacists is, like you said, show our value. I think um, the general public just sees us as we put pills in a bottle and things like that. So how do you think we can change the public perception of the role of pharmacist? Because perception is everything. So, Well, I think we can do that every single day, whether you're wherever you're working and how we interact with or outside of our profession becomes really, really important. We're really good at talking to ourselves within our profession, but how yes. do we talk to those outside of our exactly. physicians, whether it's physicians, whether it's nurses, whether it's healthcare executives. As a, as a, as a leader in my organization, I try um, at our C-suite level to always be touting the benefits of pharmacy and what we can do. I'm always trying to align pharmacy behind our organizational goals okay. so that I can show our value. On the outpatient side, there's ways where we can help drive the bottom line for our organization, um, you know, through our outpatient pharmacy, through our specialty pharmacies, yeah. through improved um oncology infusion reimbursement there's a whole ton of different ways that we can improve that through our pharmacists and our ambulatory care clinics improving quality outcomes there's a whole bunch of things that we can do so we just want to make sure that we are really speaking very favorably and showing others what pharmacists we can do i mm -hmm. think in the retail settings and really all settings We've got to make a point to, to talk to patients exactly. about health and yeah. wellness, yeah. Um, giving immunizations, counseling. And again, I know we're not always getting paid for these things, so that's what makes yeah. the tough challenge. Of course. But we have to continue to try to push that as best we can. How do you feel the role of the pharmacist is at, in Cleveland Clinic, like with the physicians? Like, you know, sometimes a prescription might come in and if pharmacists would like to make a recommendation, but they don't want to, you know, step on toes or be rude. You know, there's always that perception of like, maybe you don't want to do something. So we've been working with our physicians for a long time. And I think that we have a great relationship. So a lot of that is about building credibility oh. and creating relationships with mm -hmm. them. We've been doing that for as long as I've been here, uh, which is now about 20 years. <laughs> but it has always been about a pharmacist can work directly with you to help improve the the drug therapy management to improve the outcomes of your patients. If we start a new service, whether it's in the ED, whether it's in the ICU, whether it's our transplants, whether it's up on our internal medicine floors, oncology, we're looking to start a new bone marrow transplant service oh, here wow. in the near future. Oh, nice. Automatically, wow. we have to put a pharmacist on that service. And it's not me necessarily asking that. It's the physicians wow. who are asking that. They are like, so, where's my pharmacist? So they know the value. <laughs> yes. And when my pharmacist uh, has to uh, take a few days off because they're taking vacation, yeah. they're like, where's my pharmacist? <laughs> need a replacement pharmacist. And, and I don't always have that, unfortunately. But we're um, coming. We're coming. Don't we'll yes. get our degree Give us a couple soon. years. We'll be there. <laughs> you got it. Perfect. But... I don't even necessarily today, because we have such a good relationship and because we've been able to show these benefits over the long time, yeah. I don't even have to go and ask them. It's They are coming to me nice. asking for those. And I think on the, the, the outpatient side in our ambulatory care clinics, it's the same thing. I'm beginning to get where pharmacists, for where the, the primary care physicians are saying, look, I need a pharmacist on my team. Okay. I need a pharmacist helping to manage my patients so that I, as the physician... I can take care of the more complex patients 
and the pharmacist can help do that medication management. Yeah. They can help do that diabetes management. They can titrate the drugs, plus just counseling the patients, disease education, managing those outcomes. The pharmacist can do that. So they are now even more and more coming to us and saying, hey, we need those pharmacists there. Again, going back to collaborative practice, going mm -hmm. back to provider yeah. sets, why we need to be able to get that. So then pharmacists can begin to bill and can begin to show their value from that standpoint. Not necessarily to make money for us, but to sh help with the entire organization. Of course. So I just have a kind of, I guess, kind of a personal question. So on your personal time, what do you do for professional development? You know, um, obviously you're at work a lot. Uh, we see that you're working on a lot of different <laughs> things. Um, what are you doing on your personal time to, I guess, uh, bring things back here at Cleveland Clinic? That's a loaded question. Well, uh, I try. Uh, <laughs> I try to spend some time with my family. If that's I good. Yeah, that's you always need that. So work-life integration. Um, a lot of people say work-life balance. I say work-life integration. I know you emailed me back on the weekend. I was I was surprised. Oh, I was like, <laughs> that's automatic. Um, I, I, I so work-life integration is and, and I, that was coined. I heard first by by John Armistead, the, okay. the system director over at Lee Health. Incredibly smart uh, pharmacist and great leader, past ASHP president. Okay. Um, he I he said that in a talk probably five or six years ago, and and, and that still rings true yeah. every single day. But so so you have to integrate. Um, again, technology allows us to be able to really be more productive, um, sure. but we do have to integrate our, our home lives with, and our family lives, I think, with work. Uh, I I try, besides spending a lot of time with my family, to be able to dissociate a little bit from <laughs> work, but I mean, just from, I think, a continuous professional development, the thing for me that's really, really helpful is just building relationships and networking outside of our own yeah. organization seeing what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. That's where FSHP, my involvement in FSHP, my involvement in ASHP has been really, really helpful. I love going to FSHP meetings. Um, I love coming to Nova and, and meeting you guys and, and, and talking to your guys' class because even though hopefully I'm teaching you guys something, oh, I did learn sure. something from no, you course. guys as well. And and But it's just, it's through uh, continuous networking, seeing what other people do. Um, there's great ideas everywhere. We we don't own yeah. all the great yeah. ideas. There's other systems, other hospitals, other professions that are doing some really great things. And, and you always want to try to be able to learn from those. You never know where a great idea is going to come. Yeah. So just listen. But I think networking is a great, great way to do continuous professional development, being involved in, in different meetings, going to other meetings, I went to, I started as president of, F of FSHP. I've been able to go to more and more um, Florida Board of Pharmacy meetings. Yeah. So I've built relationships now with um, various Florida board members, and I've learned from them. Of course. These are things that I wouldn't have learned from. So yeah. my involvement in FSHP has allowed me to be able to, to grow professionally without a doubt. Wow. So, so you mentioned uh, the other hospitals having... Uh, Kind of, you know, also innovating. Everyone's innovating. So how do you handle competition? Because at the end of the yeah. day, you want to be the best. Of course. Well, <laughs> I think, so from a pharmacy standpoint, I, I don't look at it like that, like, you know, oh, they're doing something, we've got to beat them to it or anything okay. like that. I really see us all in the same basket for the profession of pharmacy. So if Memorial Healthcare or Baptist is doing something really innovative or they're doing something really cool, mm -hmm. I would really like to do that too. And I want to learn from them. 
and or maybe there's somebody across the state doing. That's again, I think, a big benefit to these societies, the statewide societies, mm-hmm. the national societies, and then our local chapters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we have our local meetings here, there's always dialogue about, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we started doing this, yeah. and we we have this technology, or we're starting to put pharmacists here, or we're doing that. You can always learn. I also am involved in ASHP, and I'm on a section advisory group for the frontline leaders for ASHP. And so we have we have leaders from across the entire country mm-hmm. who we get on a monthly call, and okay. we discuss maybe change management, or we okay. discuss how we are um, professionally developing our younger leaders. And I'm learning from the way people are doing things in Washington, the state of Washington, California, New York. So it's just that networking really, really helps a lot. But I'm, yes, we do definitely compete. We want more and more patients. But from a pharmacy standpoint, I, I never see it like that. I always try to see it as hey let's move the profession one big bull it truly is healthy competition it it truly is it's great to be able to see uh, another organization's pharmacy department do really good things i take a lot of pride in that as a pharmacist just Mm -hmm. in general it is awesome to see all the good things that they're do it's great for our profession as a whole so taking it back to uh, a little back um to when you were not Dr. Kernan. Yes. So back in yeah. Purdue, you graduated from Purdue University. Yeah. If we were going to... In go, 1993. We, we didn't want to... We didn't want to, you know... <laughs> I was born in 1993, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it's crazy. So Crazy, ridiculous. If we go back and we ask your teachers or even your fellow classmates who Dr. Bill Kernan was, who would they say you were? Um, well... You can lie. You, you can uh, lie. But we don't want you to. We don't want <laughs> I think it's really pretty simple. <laughs> um, I, there's really two things I, I try to do. I, I try to, um, you know, I try to be very humble. I try to listen. I try to build relationships with people. I try to look in the mirror when I need to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I try not to, so if we don't do something very well, I try to see, well, how can I learn from that and how can I improve and how can, you know, do I need to be a better leader? Do I need to be a better manager? Do I need to work harder? Do, what do yeah. I need to be able to do? So mm-hmm. I've always tried to, 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 to be humble. I've always also believed in teamwork. I, I love studying and learning about teamwork and what makes teams very, very effective. I think that's also really important for any one person's success is to understand what are the key things that allow yeah. teams to work because you can't get anything done by yourself. We that's, talk about this about every day. Yeah, it's it's so true. I think there's a lot to be, to be learned from team sports, um, that dynamic, bringing that – not everything, but, of course, but yeah. parts of it to work. Um, how do we how do we function as teams? So I like to think of myself as I would hope they would say as a good team <laughs> team leader. We'll um, ask and let you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so so being very humble, I think being a good team leader, and I think just working really hard. I think you can, you know I'm a believer that you can learn anything and. I wouldn't have thought that I could sit and do a podcast, <laughs> but I've I've you know learned or tried to work hard at it or whatever the case i would never have thought that i would have been become president of fshp Uh, but through working hard and through learning and working with others i've been able to to get there so i think that's also so so working hard is really important and i think a, 
a big important part that goes with this, and this comes from my boss. Um, this is not my term. This is something that he has said, <laughs> okay. which is to have a bias for yes. So when okay. people ask you to do stuff, you got to say yes to it. You don't want to say no because then they might not ask you again. You, you want to say yes and you want to give it your all. A few years back, they asked me to start the political action committee for FSHP. Okay. I've never started a political action <laughs> committee before, but I said yes and I'll learn how to do it and I'll figure it out and I'll find as many different resources and talk to as many people as how we can do that. And we've been very, very successful. We've raised over $100,000 over the wow. last three years wow. for political action committee, which goes right towards our political advocacy for pharmacists. And hopefully with that, we'll be able to achieve soon provider status or collaborative practice. But had I said no to that, I might not be president today because that allowed me then the ability to get in and show kind of what I can do. So I think you, you have to say yes to things. You have to work hard. Um, You have to then work with people really well. You have to listen. You have to take accountability uh, and 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 just go from there. Yeah, I think people really underestimate the uh, the teamwork aspect of anything they're doing. Um, like you said, you you can't do anything in life and get to the pinnacle without without a team. Nobody yeah. gets there. Yeah, and, and I, I the keys with teamwork to me, the number one thing with teamwork is building that that culture of trust and safety yep, yeah, exactly. within that team that allows really everybody to be able to work at their best. If people don't feel safe if they don't have trust yep. then they tend to shy away and they tend not to perform at their top level exactly. but if you can get a team where everybody really trusts one another feels safe to be able to go out on a limb and do something mm-hmm. they're not worried about failing they're not worried about saying something that others might perceive as not being good or perceive it as being silly or stupid if you can get people comfortable to a point where they are sold 100 percent into what they're doing the team will really move forward how how do you go about implementing that in your team here so it's it's um a lot easier to say than it is to do but i think (laughs) it's it's about building relationships so the better the relationships people have the safer and um the more trust they have. I think it's about meeting with them, being present. So it's one of the challenges I have now in my new role. I I now, so instead of just being over West and I'm now over Martin, I'm also over Indian River. I really am working to try to make sure that I'm present at those different facilities, that I'm involved, that I'm at meetings that they are having. And that will allow me to be able to build better relationships with them grow their trust in me, um, as well as for me to be able to really trust them. Um, and the longer we go out, I think the better than we're able to, to, to create that team dynamic. So I, I think it's about being present, building relationships. That's critical. So, um, myself and Nima talk about this all the time. We all got here for different ways, uh, different reasons. So how did pharmacy, like why pharmacy? Why did, uh, how did you pick pharmacy? I know, I know for me, it was just an opportunity that fell in my lap and I took it. I, I'm really big on right. taking opportunities. His story is different from mine. Why, why, um, why pharmacy So I, I started working in a pharmacy when I was in high school Okay. and really loved working there and began to just really enjoy learning about pharmacology and learning about how medications can help patients. 
and so that's what got me initially interested in it. Then once I got into pharmacy school, I realized the benefit of doing a residency. Mm-hmm. So residency is really, really important. I can't, I can't <laughs> emphasize residency. that. We have a residency <laughs> right here. And, and the reason that is, is because um, it allows you to build on those knowledge and skill set that you learn in school. Mm. But that one year, and ideally you do a PGY2 as well. I really encourage doing a second year as well. But it really allows you to build those skills that are going to basically be the foundation for the rest of your career. I wouldn't be where I was today without my residency. It's that simple. Um, okay. For for decades, I literally relied upon what I learned in my residency at various different times. Um, I looked up to everything that they did throughout those years and, again, drew on that experience. Without it, I... I I really think I would not be where I am today. So I think that's incredibly important. And I think, and again, I encourage, I didn't do a PGY2, but I encourage people to do a PGY2. If I could go back and do it again, I'd probably do a PGY2, but... It's never too late. (laughs) Well, maybe for me. (laughs) But the the residency is really, really important. And that's what's been able to... So then I did clinical pharmacy, direct patient care for a long time, started the residency program here, um, not by myself, with the help of others as well, with the team, started the residency here, and then really have enjoyed being able to have a broader uh, impact on what we've been able to do here in Weston and then really what we can do across the system. I really, really look forward to that. And so that's what's drawn me to the more administrative aspect okay. is, okay. hey, not only can I do something for just this one segment of patient population mm-hmm. as, a, as a director and an administrator, I can I can impact a broader scope. So for your F- as a position as FSHB president, it seems like, like you said, you just were, you always said to every, yes to everything and it just kind of came <laughs> towards you. So why did you pick to become the president of FSHB and not ACHB or PHA or AMCP? There's all so many organizations out there. Did you just say yes first? Did you say <laughs> yes? <laughs> um, so, so that that has been the path of myself getting involved. Um, that path can be different for others. I think number one, what's really important is you got to get involved in an organization. So even today, right now, we have in Florida about 30,000 pharmacists. Yes. There's mm-hmm. only about 3,000 pharmacists that are members of, wow. of our two major societies, Florida Pharmacy Association, mm-hmm. Florida Society, Society of Health System Pharmacists. 3,000 out of about 30,000. So one out of about every 10 pharmacists are only um, organizationally involved. And really to be involved, you don't necessarily have to be, you, you don't have to be an officer. You don't have Mm. to be going to committees. You don't even necessarily have to go to that many meetings. Just be a member because that supports the organization as a whole. But my path was getting involved through our local chapter here at Florida Society Health System Pharmacists. There were some other great pharmacists who pulled me aside and was like, hey, we need some help. Can you do some things? Can you help plan education? Can you get involved a little bit? And of course I said yes. (laughs) And and that's what led me also down that path to get more and more involved in FSHP and then ultimately ASHP as well. Um, the other thing, too, is that um, 
my boss, the chief pharmacy officer for Cleveland Clinic, really also pushes organizational involvement. Okay. He, mm-hmm. he believes very, very much in organizational uh, involvement and how that can lead to the success of the profession of pharmacy. So he also, he, he doesn't just like that I'm involved in ASHP or FSHP, he expects it. And, and that's really how all of us really need to be. I think okay. all pharmacy departments need, it needs to be just automatic that you are a member of whichever organization yeah. you feel best helps it. Yeah. So I've always been a big, a very big advocate of that. And so that's how it's been able to, I've gotten into it. And then, like I said earlier, it has tremendously helped prepare me for this position. It has helped me grow professionally because like I say, I've done things that I would never have done. I've, I've now got, I, as president, I get to lead the board of directors. So I get to lead this organization for a year wow. and I get to hopefully help bring more people into the fold, help advocate for pharmacists, advocate for pharmacy technicians, look to try to bring um, clinical, we're, we're working to try to bring clinical sections to FSHP so that ambulatory okay. care pharmacists, oncology pharmacists from across the state can network and can work better together. So I get to be able to help do that. So, um, you know, what an honor and, and yeah. How much fun is that? So <laughs> it's it's really a great thing to get involved. So what do you see yourself? What do you see yourself doing in the next, I say, five or ten years? Or I guess what is Cleveland Clinic as well doing? Um, like I know that's a broad question. But well, <laughs> yeah. I, I we have to continue to push again pharmacists in front of patients. That's the number one thing that we are working to try to do again. Use utilizing technology. You know, you know, speaking of technology, so artificial intelligence. You know, maybe we can utilize artificial intelligence of our electronic medical records mm-hmm. so that pharmacists don't have to verify orders anymore. And they can just be up on the floors looking wow. at patients because as a physician puts in an order, the technology can screen that order, can can trigger um, things to maybe kick out to a pharmacist. But those things that don't need to be can just go right through and a pharmacist doesn't have to necessarily look at that. Let's get pharmacists doing things in front of patients. So, you know, utilizing artificial intelligence, utilizing the latest technology, utilizing big data, that's where we want to go so that we can get pharmacists in front of patients. So, you know, we're in a social media era, obviously. (laughs) Yes. Um, How do you think, what do you think the role of social media is in healthcare and how important do you think it is? Well, I, I think it is incredibly important. I'm not a social media expert, <laughs> so you know I, I do like Twitter. There's no doubt. That's actually the only that's a way. Start. That's the only that's way I keep up with my clinical in- information. You know, wow. infectious disease on Twitter is amazing. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly how I keep up with the latest literature. I so mean, follow Dr. Cronin on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't follow me. Follow all those people I'm following. You'll be able to see. But that's how I keep up. But no, I think okay. I think for social media, the importance is just the education, particularly to patients whether it's health and wellness, whether it's service lines, whether it's the latest and greatest, getting your flu vaccine, uh, we can utilize and should be utilizing social media to get the word out to educate people because, and whether it doesn't matter whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you name it, whichever one, <laughs> LinkedIn, <Yeah. laughs> I knew I was missing one, but whichever one, um, you know, Snapchat, whichever one it is, we need to utilize these to get information out to people and so that's, I think, the whole, the huge benefit. There may be others as well, but to me, that's the number one yeah, benefit. Yeah. Cleveland Clinic tweets out things all day long about new service lines, about health and wellness, about uh, opiate-free uh, orthopedic okay. surgery. I mean, just options and things like that that people may not even know that they have. And without social media, it's difficult to get that message out. 
So when you stepped into the role as the executive director of uh, pharmacy here at Cleveland Clinic, what was your number one goal? You're like, when I'm done, I want to have this finish. I want this to have change or be pushing in this direction. What is your number one goal that you, you had when you want to finish? It's it's a lot of what I've just been saying, which is getting pharmacists in front of patients. Okay. That's my number one goal is to maximize the use of pharmacists to help deliver and improve patient outcomes. Um, you know, our, our mission for Cleveland Clinic Pharmacy is to provide pharmacy practice across the continuum of care through innovation, research, and education. Okay. And it's, it's really exactly that. Um, let's utilize technology. Let's do research. Let's do education. And let's maximize the outcomes of those patients. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen course, tomorrow. We have to take care of patients in today's world of how we do things. But we have to continue to try to innovate we have to invest in that. Um, we need to grow our residency program so that we're growing our education. We have a ton of students here in Weston. One of the things I want to do in this new role is bring more students to our other facilities. I want to grow our residency programs. I want to add PGY2 programs. What does that do? That's going to make our entire pharmacy department that much stronger yeah. and grow our presence. Um, and the great thing is, is that our C-suite is totally on board with doing exactly those things. They want to be able to do well, that. Uh, the, our, the chief operating officer of our region is a pharmacist. Oh, wow. So that, that works out pretty well. That's right. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Pharmacists ha have great skills to be able to help manage in healthcare, and he's an example of one. So um, that's the goal okay. of what we want to be able to do. And then just going along with what I was saying about teamwork, it's making sure that we collaborate as a great team. Of course. It is yeah. a challenge because we're an hour and a half to two and a half hours away. Yeah. So I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but we're going <laughs> to utilize technology. Um, but we're going to make sure that we work together. There's no reason why a pharmacist in Weston couldn't help a pharmacist. That's true. Sure. That's a good point. Yeah. We're all on the same technology. Yep. Yeah. I can jump into their patient's electronic medical yep. record. Yep. I could probably even video in um, here in the near future. Uh, exactly. So again, technology is really, really critical, but that's what we want to be able to do. But the two have to work as a team. And so we've got to be able to build that teamwork. Talking about um, residents, what is one thing that when you see a resident coming for an interview that you look for that you think is lacking, you don't see as much of, let's say in the past two years? What's something that's lacking that you look for? So I like to look for professionalism. I, I don't want to say that it's lacking, but I, I see a decline over the years. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe that as, as the schools have increased, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a lower attention to that. So for me, that's what I like to see. I like to, 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 I like to see professionalism. I think, and and that's not the only thing as well, too. I think, um, you know, the clinical skills and the clinical knowledge base is really, really important. Mm -hmm. So as students who are preparing to go into a residency, I think you got to make sure you take good rotations and not try to shy away <laughs> from harder rotations. Take yeah. good, strong, tough rotations in critical care, infectious disease, internal medicine, things that are going to build your knowledge base. And so sometimes I see a drop off there too okay. as well. So th those two areas to me um, 
are, are, are really, really important. Those to me are your foundation for good professionalism, strong knowledge base are, are, are huge. You might've answered this already in that question, but I guess the total opposite, let's say a candidate is average, but what is that one thing that makes you stand there? Like, all right, I think I'm going to give this person a chance because they have this and they don't have the other stuff. Well, so I think that the, the professionalism is really important. If they can demonstrate their, their commitment and their willingness to be able to adapt, their willingness to take on, you know, as a, to be a good resident, you have to really be very flexible. You really have to be incredibly committed <laughs> to this, to this year because it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work. It's very manageable, but it is a lot yeah. of hard work. You will definitely be be tested. And so you want to see that that candidate can handle that. And you want to see that that candidate um, is really committed to being able to do that. Okay. So I, I think that's also another aspect that I'd like to be able to see. Yeah. One of the big things that we hear from, you know, a lot of our colleagues is how do, how, how do I stay well-rounded? A lot of people have great grades. A lot of people have connections. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do both. So I, I guess, let's say I, you have a student that has a 4.0 it has yeah. no leadership roles there. Yeah. Or you have the student that has, does everything, but they have like a 2.5. I guess, what would you say to the person trying to get, I guess, where you're at one day, what they should be doing to put themselves in that position? Well, I, I, they got to work hard. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> yeah, they do have to realize that they need all those different aspects. So we, we evaluate um, exactly that. We, we, we do look at GPA because we think that that's an indication of how hard they have how hard that they have worked and their effort that they have put in over time. So that, so GPA is important, but then we do look at their organizational involvement. We look at perhaps some of their project involvement that they have gotten into. Um, what are some of the things that they're doing outside of the traditional schoolwork? So, so we do actually evaluate those different things very equally okay. and very fairly for, for that standpoint. We do want to see that entire broad scope. A well-rounded Yes, absolutely. But you always want to, uh, you, you know, again, I go back doing good, strong clinical rotations. Okay doing well in school, that is very, very important. I mean, yeah. you do have to build that knowledge base up, but you're right. You should be involved organizationally. You should be doing some things outside because that also shows your commitment. It shows your ability to say yes, to get involved, to get outside of your comfort zone and get some of these things done. And, and that's what you need as, you know, to be a good successful resident. Um, how do you think your role of FSHP has affected uh, how you and your position as executive director of Cleveland Clinic? So I, I think that has helped. Um, it complements itself very, very much. Um, so as FSHP president, I have to be, I am the board of director for the board. That encompasses also, um, I have to be financially responsible for FSHP, just like for now for five hospitals, I've got to be financially responsible yeah. okay. um, to make sure that I'm a good steward of our finances for both our inpatient pharmacies, our outpatient pharmacies, our oncology pharmacies. Um, with FSHP, it's the very, very same thing. So they complement one another okay. very, very well. Um, but it also gives me, I think, a greater... 
um, satisfaction to know that I'm helping the profession across the entire landscape of Florida too, as well. And so um, while I'm trying to do it here with all of our different um, pharmacies and patient outpatient oncology, I'm trying to do it across Florida. So it really complements itself very, very well. So I guess what is the biggest area, I'd say, um, in terms of pharmacy for the state of Florida that you would love to see us improve in? Um, what do you think we can work on, too? Because I know I hear we're uh, not no. ahead of a lot of other states. So I guess what do you think we can work on to push ourselves? Because we have everything we need to be the best. What do you think we, we need to do? So to I, I, I think... We have to grow our organizational involvement, but our number one thing we have to do is get collaborative practice okay. because that will allow us to be able to push, I think, new models of care for pharmacy in the outpatient setting. It will allow us to be able to get in front of patients, ultimately to be able to bill for our cognitive services, okay. our abilities to help uh, craft patient um, management, drug therapy management, it's tough for us to move forward without that. So to me, that is the number one thing. You, you know, there's other things that, that are good things, like you might hear test and treat. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, yes. and, and I'm, I am, I'm for test and treat, and I get it. But it's also incredibly very, very narrow, right? Yes, it's it basically is. just yeah. one thing, um, whereas collaborative practice is very um, broad, um, and it really will allow us to be able to take the next step, I think, to be able to move forward. Again, we, we've got to, you know, things like test and treat are, are very, just very, very limited. Um, and it's really one dynamic in one arena in the retail setting. Yeah. And that's it. Whereas collaborative practice can, could ultimately over time change all landscapes yeah. it can change yeah. retail it can change yeah. inpatient it can change ambulatory care clinics so that's why i think that that really is the, the to me it is the number one thing and we don't need it just at the state level but we need it at the national level um, we've got to continue to push this because long term again dispensing medications is not where we need to be we need to be in front of patients utilizing our skills and and there's a ton of need for that so you say you 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 always say yes to everything. <laughs> so there has to be a time that you've said no, because I mean, if you keep saying yes, it gets it, it builds up, right? It, it sure it does. There's gonna be a time where it it's gonna no. crash. So yeah, there has to be yeah. a time. So when would you say? When would you advise someone that has the same? Well, I, I think you know you gotta just you 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 gotta um, introspect and just look at your work life integration, and you just have to you know see where you're at. And and you're right. There there just might be some things that that you can't say yes to. You you, yeah. you do have to make sure. You know, life is about balance. Exactly. You have to be able to know where you're at. So yeah, sometimes you you do have to say no. You just want to be careful about that, and you want to make sure that. Um, that's why it's a bias for yes. It's not always yeah. say yes. It's a bias. So have that bias towards it, but sometimes it means no. So before we end the show, do you have anything else you want to tell the people? I, I just want to say, make sure you get involved. Uh, join your organization. Uh, I'm biased to, to FSHP, <laughs> uh, but just join an organization. We need and we dearly need more pharmacy involvement. 
And as a profession, we need to come together. Um, we need to get involved. We, we simply just need to get off the sidelines. So yeah. that's my one number one message uh, for everybody. Just get off the sidelines and let's get going. Perfect. Right. Well, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Thank so you much. all. No this problem. has been great. Thank you. And my name is Nima. I'm Aaron. And this is our invite.